Welcome to a new podcast series from Review of Myopia Management. In this series, we'll hear from Dr. Judith Stern and Dr. Michael Morton from the Brian Holden Vision Institute in Australia. We'll hear their assessment of the global myopia epidemic. We'll discuss causation, research, and techniques for managing myopia. been talking about children primarily, but what about adults and myopia? How do you present the options to them? So I guess I mentioned earlier that the classic presentation of myopia is children from uh, 5 to 13 year um, kind of age in regards to onset, but that appears to be changing. Now there's not a whole lot of studies around adult onset myopia, but it certainly appears that the prevalence is on the rise. Um, I know through through our courses we uh, we address uh, this this issue of adult onset uh, myopia, adult progression, and we ask uh, doctors uh, how often do you see this in your practice? And uh, certainly the most common uh, response was several times per week or more. So uh, so doctors are seeing this. It's it's happening, and uh, and it's. Again, most of the research on, um, on on treatment options have focused on children. You know, studies are often you know challenging, costly, uh, and time consuming to to complete. Uh, so we haven't seen a lot of studies on adult onset myopia, but uh, the evidence kind of points to the the, the, the mechanisms uh, are likely to be similar. Um, we see increased uh, onset of adult myopia amongst certain professions that do a lot of near work. Uh, university students doing a lot of near work, so uh, so it's uh, it seems that it's the same factors that are driving adult onset, adult progression. Therefore, the same treatment options uh, are relevant uh, in the case of, of adult onset myopia. So it's a it's a similar kind of thing. It's looking at you know what's the risk, uh, where's this patient likely to be now and in the future, uh, and uh, what kind of treatment options are appropriate for this person, and, and talking it through with them. So no matter the age, how do you set and manage expectations of success? Any thoughts, uh, Judith? Uh, Well, I think a key thing is communication, obviously. Um, Being realistic with a patient, uh, educating them about, from the start, what myopia is, how it progresses, what the likely norms are, um, and then uh, talking about their individual case and where they fit on that that scale. Um, I think it's really important to note that you know there's a lot of evidence around but the evidence is based on averages so we know that each child is going to be individual and so rather than uh, in a state where we've been correcting myopia and you know you can put a pair of glasses on they can see six six they're going to be fine that this may may be a a more of a process and we'll try a treatment and if it's working we'll keep going and if it's not we'll adjust it um, and we'll come and review you in you know six months 12 months whatever the time schedule is depending on the treatment um, and working together to say that that's the case. There are a lot of tools. One of the tools that we have is the uh, Brian Holden Vision Online Calculator that can help show graphically um, the rate of progression with and without treatment so that that kind of thing can help set expectations. And it also has the, the range there so you can see that not everybody is going to... Some people will respond well to the treatment, some people less well, and most people in the middle. <laughs> um, and we'll show the untreated eye as well, what's going yes, to... Yes, uh, that's right. And you so extrapolate you can, what yeah. will likely happen over yeah. time. And so also staying in constant communication. So when you're checking, uh, you know, we recommend generally you're checking the myopia progress, progression every six months. So, um, you know, when you're checking, if it's not 
doing what you want to do, talking to them. Um, it's kind of like any any aspect of healthcare, managing glaucoma or diabetes. You know, you try and you introduce the treatments as you want them to work, but you know, you've got to keep talking with the patient constantly and the parent in this case, um, and making sure they're informed and aware of what's going on. It's very helpful in presenting to parents what the course of, of progression might be or the course of correction might be, um, or treatment might be, I should say. Um, what is the role of research in um, allowing the practitioner to present this series of options based on more and better science going forward? Tell me about recent papers, especially from the uh, Brian Holden Institute. Yeah, look, I think um, what you said, the role of research is really important. Obviously, it's really important in um, establishing what we, we, you know, we all want to practice from an evidence base, not just our gut instincts. <laughs> so obviously, that's staying there. But we've been talking to practitioners too this week, particularly here in the US, and um, many of the um, of the practitioners are giving the patients some of the research articles relevant to the area that their queries are to show that the evidence base is there. And particularly, they say, particularly towards the well-educated groups of uh, people that come into their practice um, and uh, people highlight health professionals who are sceptical about this change in, you know, just a pair of glasses to being thought that they're being sold, you know, something extra for no reason. And so I think the evidence, I was surprised to hear that they were actually printing out their articles for patients, but I think that that is a really good and positive step that is going on um, in practices. Obviously, the research is needed to build the evidence base <laughs> um, to, to uh, make sure that we're, what we're doing is the right thing for our, student, for our patients. And I think it's a healthy thing for optometrists to do is to um, continue staying in touch with the literature. Uh, there's exciting papers coming out, you know, at least every few months, fantastic papers. There's many, many papers in the works and the evidence base is developing and getting stronger and stronger. So it's good from just a personal um, uh, professional development perspective to, to stay in touch with that. And yet, yeah, and to pass that on to patients as, as required is, is a benefit to them too. And it doesn't have to be, you know, an individual article. There's some great review articles that are a little easier to digest for both the practitioner and the patient that are summarising this evidence for people. Um, there's a lot of resources out there for, to, to make that uh, evidence base a little bit more digestible and, and accessible as well. If I just jump in there, um, the, uh, I don't know if you're aware, at Brian Holden Vision Institute, we founded the International Myopia Institute, and they just released about a month ago their white papers. I think it's eight papers, <laughs> um, which are in-depth papers about uh, myopia, looking at things from causation through to um, clinical trial guidelines through to clinical guidelines for practitioners um, and a whole bunch of other things, uh, ethical considerations. And so the papers are all available freely online for any practitioner to download. And um, there's also a summary of each paper. Just as Michael was saying, the summary, I was just reminding me because the papers are a big read, especially all of them all together. But it's, um, yeah, there's a summary for each paper if you want to have a look at them and then see what you want to read in depth. That would be very helpful for clinicians. Is that summary something also that a clinician might want to share with the family considering a treatment option? Yeah, yeah, I think I think absolutely. Um, as Jude mentioned, the summary is very, very readable. Each paper is as well. So basically, you can go into, uh, you've got experts, absolute, you know, the world experts in myopia um, co-authoring each paper. Ten, uh, you know, ten authors that have come together and worked for eighteen months on these papers and, and basically come to a consensus on on current evidence, um, identifying where there's gaps in the evidence at the moment. But uh, it's it's a really good place to start for practitioners. Thank you for listening. Please watch for other podcasts in this series from 
review of myopia management.